A long time in the future in the Milky Way galaxy, it's the Vercozicast. Each month, join Nancy and Robin as they read through the Vercozican saga by Lois McMaster Bujold. From Borear to Jackson's Hole, from Cordelia to Miles, it's time to jump through a wormhole and explore the galactic nexus. everyone, welcome to episode 8 of the Vercozicast. I'm your host Nancy. And I'm your host Robin. Today we're going to be discussing memory. Uh, but first we have a couple of items of note from Lois McMaster Bujold herself. Yes. Let's um, click through to that. <laughs> the first one was just a blog post I thought was fun. Um, if you don't follow her blog on Goodreads, um, she posts things there from time to time. And there was an article from The Independent about the books that are on the International Space Station for astronauts to read. Ooh. Um, and she has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven entries onto this books in space <laughs> <laughs> list. Oh, uh, that's too funny. She's got several of them from the Verkozigan saga, The Curse of Chalion. Um, Paladin of Souls and the Spirit Ring. The rest are from the Verkozigan saga. However, she's got, um, she has Falling Free, which is the first mm -hmm. one. And then, but then she goes, has Berear, and then Warrior's Apprentice, Vora Game, Setaganda, um, Ethan of Athos, and, uh, she has Mountains of Mourning also. And but it ends at Brothers in Arms. But if you'll note, <laughs> it does not have Shards of Honor on there, <laughs> so <laughs> which is kind of the first one. So yep. that's kind of hard for the astronaut. <laughs> like I your your library is incomplete. Yeah, like I can understand. Okay, you don't go farther than Brothers in Arms. You know, I guess okay, fine. that's fine. But you kind of need to start with Shards of Honor. <laughs> you really should. Um. This is actually a really good list. Yeah. Although I really hate Charles Dickens, oh. but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of books on here. Um, and then the other item of note is that um, Lois McMaster Bujold won the Hugo Award for Best Series for the World of the Five Gods, um, which I have just started reading. Yes, uh, last year. She won the same award for the Verkozigan saga. <laughs> so um, <laughs> when we were at Dragon Con, yes, um, which just happened, uh, the track I am a part of ran a chair uh, a trivia game for charity, mm -hmm. and um, I submitted one of the questions, and it was, "What is the full name of the protagonist of Lois McMaster Bujold's?" Vorkosigan saga. Uh -huh. We have four people out of 250 get it right. <laughs> um, More people but, need to read these books. I know. But the the people who were vetting the questions were like, is that even a popular series? And I was like, well, she's won two. She, she won a Hugo for it last year. She's been, I think, isn't aren't they all on the bestseller list at some point or something um, like that? I don't know if they've like hit the bestseller but list, but I mean, but they've all won awards of some kind. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, they. She, I think she's won four Hugo awards for best novel, and um, 
more of them have been nominated. I know Gentleman Joel and the Red Queen was nominated for Best Hugo. It did not win. But, like, that was the latest one to come out. And right. I'm quite certain that uh, Flowers of Ashinoy will be nominated next year for Best Novella. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, yes. I mean, enough people read them that they've won multiple, that she's won multiple Hugos. So I feel with confidence that you can put it in and it's not the most obscure question. Right. Yeah. In the universe. Yeah. Um, as another side note, if anybody listening enjoys these books and is unsure about reading fantasy, I have really enjoyed The Curse of Chalion and I'm really enjoying Paladin of Souls. I haven't finished it yet, but I am really enjoying it. Mm, yeah um and i don't usually read a lot of fantasy uh-huh um me neither so that's these why are i'm tempted. very character driven though uh. and i find that much more appealing than that sort of pulled back overview of tolkien and that sort of that style Considering um, how she writes the Vercozigan saga, that's not surprising at all. <laughs> yep. And I and I really have enjoyed you have a male protagonist in the first one and a female protagonist in the second. And I don't know what the third one is like yet. I gotta get through the first two. Yeah. Um, but they are excellent. Cool. So Yeah, I yep. I have them on my maybe list. Um I have so many books I have to read, but you know, she's just such a good author and i oh she's amazing it's wonderful right so uh two years in a row best series yep. i think i think that's all she can win now because once you win it you can't win it again for that particular series so <laughs> well we're done now <laughs> yeah right uh okay so um so yeah we are going to discuss memory today uh, which was first published in October 1986. And Memory is a, an important book in the Vercozigan saga because it marks the end of Miles's career with the Dendari and the start Aww. of his new career as an Imperial Auditor. Um, it is really kind of a deconstruction and reconstruction of Miles. Um, and I had, you know, already really started to like him starting from Brothers in Arms, but mm -hmm. it was really this book that made me really, really love Miles. Because, like, you're in his head the whole time in the series, but, like, this one, I don't know, for some reason, it just seemed like maybe because he was older, maybe because of what he was going through. Like, I just, I just really, really love this book a lot. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I don't, I, I don't know where I rank it on the, the series as a whole. Like, I think a civil campaign is my favorite just because it's so fun. Um, mm -hmm. and I just really love Berear for the whole end of it. Um, but like this one, it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's so, it feels like cozy to me, even though bad things happen in it. <laughs> And, right, but it's oh, it's like I I always enjoy really enjoy reading this book. And yeah, I, I I don't know that I love it as much as that. Mm -hmm. Um, I did very much enjoy it, but it wasn't one of the ones that really captured my imagination. Mm -hmm. Not in the way a civil campaign did. Right, and um, even Captain Vorpatrel's alliance was just 
the most charming, <laughs> um, in very different ways. But this one is a lot serious, a lot, a lot serious, <laughs> a lot more serious. Yeah. It does have some really good moments. Um, and I don't know if I was just reading it at a time that I didn't want that much serious. Right. Um, I did very much enjoy it. Yeah. But I, I definitely did not. I mean, I enjoyed it way more than Cita Ganda. <laughs> yeah. And like two notches less than a civil campaign. Right. Yeah. Um, so. And I was, well, for the first part of the book, I was just super sad about not being, that Miles wasn't going to be able to be with a Dendari anymore. Yeah. It's, and it's I think hard. It was, I, I felt like I was losing my job. Right. Like, I felt emotionally attached to Miles and Ellie and, you know, all of those things. And I was like, what, how? Yeah. Um, um, so I will say, like, the first, I think I enjoyed it more the second time around. Okay. Um, I think this is a, I think this is one of the books that you, if you, if you go back and reread after you're, after you're finally done with the series, I think, right. I think this is a book that comes off better when you read it the second time because you know what's going to happen so you know that there's a happy ending so the beginning part it i mean it still hurts right. but you know what's coming like you know that good things will come of this so it's easier to put up with it you know it's easier to say okay i i am enjoying seeing miles at his lowest because you get to see him later at his highest and right. that makes it all better. Right. So, um, yeah, let's get into the nitty gritty of the book. Let's do it. So, um, Miles is, um, kind of dumb <laughs> at, at times. Um, yes. and so we start off the book and he's basically like in the med bay, Having been placed there after this raid gone wrong, he has a seizure while they're on an op, and he his plasma arc locks on, and he slices off the legs of the courier that they're supposed to be rescuing. Whoops! Um, yeah. So thankfully, he he you no know, sliced them off kind of neatly below the knee, um, so they're able to you know so they, like they put, can them, put back. them back on. But, you know, still, it's kind of painful. Uh, also, not the greatest. Like, you you don't want somebody accidentally having a seizure and slicing something off regularly. Like, right. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't it's, need it's to be a regular dangerous. thing that happens. <laughs> it's dangerous for other people. It's dangerous for Miles. Yep. Um, so, this happens. Um, he ends up getting orders to return to Borear. Uh, he does. He has an argument with Ellie right before they leave. Which oh, that was painful. It was very painful. And I will say this is one of the scenes that's more painful the second time around because you know it's gonna you know that he's gonna get kicked out and that's mm -hmm. gonna be the last time they're together and you're like, Miles, don't be a jerk. Don't be this way. So um he he goes back to Borear. Um, Tara's with him. He sleeps with Tara on the way back, which Miles, I don't approve of this at all. No, I really, ha I really struggled with that too. I love Miles, but I was like, you did not even officially break up with her. Yeah. Like you've been with Ellie for years. Yeah. 
And you're sleeping with Tar. I was mad about it. I was mad about it too. Um, I will say I'm I we're, we're jumping way further ahead, but later on he tells Ellie like technically she predated you. <laughs> um, yeah, that is not a good argument. It's not you don't a good make argument, that argument Miles. to your girlfriend. It is true. However, uh, no. Yeah, but factual does not always, like, tell the whole story. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's not nice. I, it's not nice to Ellie or Tara. Like, Tara deserves better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I think this is all, like, I think it needs to happen because it's Miles just not being smart and like he needs to have all of this come crashing down on him in order to get built back up again um so uh they he goes back to barrier he um he goes to Impsec, you know, was waiting for to see Ilion, but they're like, Ilion's not available. Uh, basically, just wait here in Vorbar Sartana, um, and you have to be able to get back to Impsec in an hour's notice to see uh-huh. Ilion. Like, any hour of the day. So basically, Miles put on call um, and, you know, go, starts going around Vorbar, Vorbar Sultana. That's really <laughs> hard to say. Vorbar Sultana. Vorbar, you're right. I've never said it out <laughs> Vorbar loud. Vorbar Sultana. Vorbar. Vorbar. I, well, I can't do it. Vor- Although. Let's call it the it, capital. <laughs> right. Yes, the capital. Yeah. Um, yep. So he goes to Verkozigan House, which is now empty um, because his mother and father have gone to Sergiar. So uh, the last time we saw them was Mirror Dance, um, Errol. <laughs> Errol has his uh, heart attack, um, and they <laughs> Cordelia finally convinces him to give up the prime ministership, um, and then they go move to Sergiar. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, bye! Yeah, peace out. Although, I mean, I'm sure, like, being viceroy of Sergiar is not, like, the easiest of posts, but it's, it's better for him. He gets yep. away from it all, and it's where him and Cordelia first met, so, you know... It's kind of cute, yeah. <laughs> but but they've taken all of their staff with them and all their all of their armsmen. So the house is just empty. Yeah, it's Miles and the gate guard. Uh, I forget what his last name is already. Acosti. Yeah, the there we, yep. Corporal well, Acosti. Yeah, Corporal Acosti. Yeah. Um, who and the cat? There's Zap the cat. <laughs> yep. Um, tiny kittens yes uh so zap the cat is the cat that has like got through the force field (laughs) and the the gate guard just like keeps feeding him and miles is like this is not regulation but i'll allow it um he like goes into his old room he like just you know takes furniture takes covers off the furniture when he has to he's like i'm just only gonna be here for a little bit you know it's the most depressing he goes out and buys ready meals (laughs) yep because he can't be bothered to cook or doesn't know how to cook it's the most depressing thing (laughs) and he just sort of ambles around this this you know broken sort of man wanders around this empty house yeah it's a mansion like um so he ends up going to dinner at the Imperial residence, um, and he invites uh, Duv Galeni, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, Duve is sort of courting this nice lady named Lisa Tos. How do they say Ta- it? In- how do they Lisa say Lisa Toscane? Lisa Toscane. Okay, at least I yep. was saying Lisa correctly. Yep. All right. So, and she is a doctor. She's Kamarin. She's very smart. She's and Dove is Kamarin too. Dove. Yeah. Yes. So they, you know, they are. He is super. She is super smart. She's there. Like her family is like one of the like has a major like one of the major business families and so she's Aren't there they, they're like the number one shipping family yeah. or something like that yeah. yeah so she's there on Barayar as sort of like a lobbyist but not really mm-hmm. like not in a bad way yeah she's there she's to like, not evil <laughs> no she's there to like argue her like to try to get more business basically right. um and so Miles is like, hey, you you come with me to the party. It'll be great, you know, and and do yep. and he thinks he's doing Duve a favor favor because mm-hmm. like he's like, Oh yeah, bring her to the party and she'll think it's great, you know, and she and can then talk to we the can emperor. All hang out. And, yeah, right. And she can you know, and you can impress her and like get her an audience with the emperor and she'll think you're great. And you know, Miles is like, I'm just doing nice for my friend. <laughs> Miles uh, should not match make is no. what we learn from this exchange yeah and so he goes with delia kudelka um i love the kudelkas yeah ivan is there i think with martin martia i can't remember he's there with one of them i think Mm -hmm. so it's it's this big nice party um gregor talks to lisa a bunch and they're like oh it's great you know look at she's you know meeting with the emperor and this is everything we could have wanted out of this right um Except for the fact that, um, and this is like skipping around, but, you mm-hmm. know, just addressing this particular subplot, uh, Kaleni calls up um, Miles and is like, you smarmy little You pimp. son of a bitch. You pimp, you like, you smarmy little goddamn pimp. And he's like, excuse me? Huh? And basically, Gregor falls for Lysa. And hard, they like, are instantly. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I can't remember. Does he call? I I can't remember if he calls her. If he calls Miles after they they are engaged, I think I think it's beforehand. I think it's, it's like, before. Yeah, because um. So like basically um, they start having these like dates and like uh. Alice calls Miles to like be part of one of their dates at the at the Imperial residence and he's like, oh boy. Oh dear. <laughs> um, that wasn't what I had planned. Right. But I mean, he also it makes him happy because if Gregor gets married and has babies, then he, he- is completely out of the line of secession. Yeah. Succession, so, yeah. rather, not secession. Yeah. So so Dove is not not the happiest about it. Um but you know he he was not very open about his feelings toward Lisa. Nope. Um, he's very um uh what sort I'm looking for very reserved Moves like a snail. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, he's very reserved. Um, he's like I was gonna ask her when I knew her for like five months, and it's like ask her what to marry you. You have to date her first, right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, oh man, that is 
Yeah. I have known people like that before. Yeah, me too. And I've dated people like that before. Yeah, me. I'm married to one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I felt really bad for Dove. Um, Yeah. But like also you – I can't blame Lisa because she it's Gregor. She didn't know. Yeah. She was like, okay, this guy's a nice guy. And, you know, he was being he's nice to friend. me because he's my right. friend, not because he wants me. And also, like, like, Dove, like, he didn't really have romantic feelings for her as more he was like, oh, she's pretty and she's smart and she's rich and she's Komarin. Right. She's, she's from the, a good family. Yeah, she's the perfect package. Not right. not as in I'm deeply in love with her, you know. Right. Um, and he figures that out a little later on. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like, can we talk about how adorable Gregor is? When he's trying to court her. Oh, it's... Yes. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. He gets her a horse. He does. And And they ride around the little garden area. It's it's very old school. It's like, I mean, yes, because he's the emperor. (laughs) Right. I mean, how does the emperor court someone? Right. Um, But let's, let's talk about the things that we'll talk about as people who write fan fiction. Yes. Like, so there was a part when they're like, you know, oh, Gregor and Lysa like went off on their own for like privacy, but they weren't really off on their own. They were just kind of talking by themselves, but they were, Uh everyone else was still around them. How does Gregor, the emperor who is like always around people, how does he put the moves on someone? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, you'd have to like, Make everybody leave the room. Yeah. And then it's, like, really obvious. Like... Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you do that in a in a subtle way. Yeah. Like, there was a part when he was helping her get on the horse, and Miles was like, if he was trying to cop a feel, that was, like, the most gallant way of doing it. <laughs> Which was funny. Um, Miles is not that person. No. But, like... It just, it's just like, I would really love a version of the story from like Gregor's point of view where yes. he's like trying to court her as the emperor, but like, but he wants to get to know her as Gregor because like, you know, he, he's not like, I don't want you to marry the emperor. I want you to marry me, you know? Right. And maybe we can get that novella. <laughs> yes, look Please write the novella of Gregor trying to court Lisa because I we want would be like, most pleased. I want them getting alone and like him kissing her for the first time and like yep. you know and how being that so happened like, about it, you know. Yep. And then like when did they find when did they have sex? for the first time was it after they got married because they waited a long time to get married and like i could imagine gregor being like i have you know this is the proper way but lisa is not for lisa's komaran she's galactic you know right she's probably like screw that (laughs) we'll do what we want yeah so anyway this is this this is the sort of thing i think about uh yeah (laughs) these are the kinds of things i think about when i'm left to my own devices right i'm sorry i just you know it's no 
Don't be sorry. I mean, Gregor's a dish, so... <laughs> he really is. I do love Gregor. Imagine marrying the Emperor, Robin. I mean, you know I've always wanted that. <laughs> you know that I have always wanted to marry an emperor and be the empress of something. And he's so because, good! Like, I don't want all the power. <laughs> I don't want to rule a, a country. Uh -huh. Um I just want to do, like, have some power. Right. share that power. Robin, um, I think I'm understanding now why you like Cordelia so much. Oh? Because well, I basically want to be Cordelia. Yeah, she doesn't have the power, but, I mean, she kind of does. Right, exactly. And that's yeah. what I've always wanted since I was a kid. I mean, maybe that's a weird thing to want, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Yeah. It's the truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, Miles is basically, like, going around his house and, like, going around, um, you know, Vorbar Sultana. Sultana. Yeah. Whatever. So is it Sultana or Sultana? Well, he says Sultana. Oh, okay. Um, Vorbar Sultana. Okay. Which I don't know, man. He says it a lot. Uh, props to you, Grover. I know it's really I can't even hard. Say it three times. It's really hard. <laughs> I don't know why. So, um, Miles finally gets the call to go in to see Ilion. Oh, yep. I guess an important thing to note is that um, Miles falsified his report to Imsec about what happened right. during the raid. That's really important. <laughs> yes. Um, and he kind of goes back and forth over whether he should do this or not. Um, and I, on the second reading, I really appreciated how much Bujold went into Miles's thoughts about this and whether he should lie about it or not. Mm -hmm. um, because it was not like a rash decision, but he really had to rationalize it. Um, and... It's not the smartest thing for him to do. Nope. Um, but I but can under like I understand why he did it. Yeah, because he feels like this is he feels like he's found his place in life. Yes, and if he tells the truth, he thinks that that's all going to go away. And well, <laughs> I mean, he's not he's wrong. not wrong, but lying about it doesn't make it better right and it makes it significantly worse and he knows that it's wrong and he yes. he intends to tell Ilion about it like he, he he sees him at gregor's party and like thinks like i have to talk to, he's like i have to talk to you sir and then like miles he Ilion asks him a question about something and you realize mm -hmm. later on he's probing for information because he knows what happened mm -hmm. um so my Ilion or miles finally gets called to see Ilion, and like he knows the instant he walks in that office that this is not going to be good and um that that this chapter um literally makes me have a pit in my stomach whenever i read it uh-huh <laughs> um it is really wonderful writing because you just feel 
how the bleakness in Miles when he realizes that Ilion knows exactly what happened. He's got spies in the Nadari. He knows that Miles lies about lied about it and has yep. been lying about it. And like and, right. Because once you lie, you have to keep lying in order to Right. Keep that lie alive. And Ilion is basically like, you know, I could have you know, we could have handled your seizures. But you, you lying, I cannot, I can't let this go. Yeah. It's like, I have, you have, I have to kick you out. And he's, you know, he basically says to Miles, I need you to resign. Like, I need you to resign. Um, and you will be officially, um, you know, have resigned for medical reasons. Um, you will like have your pension. You'll, You'll have your honor, um, but y- I have to have your resignation. Um, there's there's no way around it. And Miles is like, after everything I've done for you, and he's like, because of everything you've done for me, this right. is why this you're not been going so into court. Much worse. Yeah, it's like this is why you're not being court martialed. And he's like, well, surely, like your father. And he he's like, does my father know? And Ilion's like, no, that is not a call that I want to make. You can tell him what happened. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and like, really telling your parents stuff like that is the worst. It is, and like. Like, you realize, like, like the first time I read it, I was, like, so mad at Ilion. But, like, this time when I read it, like, I felt so horrible for Ilion. Like, because... Oh, yeah. This is not... The, I mean, my, he's... Miles is, like, his nephew. nephew. Yeah. Like, he called him Uncle Simon until he entered he, the academy, and then he called right. him Sir. Right. <laughs> or Captain and, Ilion, you know. And this is as close to family as these people get. Yeah, like, Ilion you know? has no family. Mm-hmm. Like, and he has known Errol forever, you know, and right. Errol basically took him into his confidants during the War for Verdarian's pretendership, and, like, made him head of insect because he could trust him. Yep. Um, so and this is not just, it's got a bunch of yeah. layers. It's and you not remember, just your superior. Yeah. And you remember Ilion was sent to watch Errol, like during um, the Escobar war and like mm-hmm. went with all the stuff with Cordelia, like Ilion was there to watch Errol. Like Ilion wasn't there like just because. Right. He, and was he there when Cordelia threw the head on the table? Yeah. Um. I can't remember if he was there or, or if he had. Because I know he came back with Kansian. Um, right. I think. He, I think he was there. Yes. I think so. So yeah, he's been witness to not only Miles's whole life, but his parents' entire relationship. Yeah. So this is very personal. Right. As well as being a terrible breach of and protocol is not the right word, but yeah, trust. Right. And it's even more horrible because you really you find out Ilion has been not grooming Miles, but prepared to groom Miles to take his place. Yep. Like Ilion has realized that, you know, he's almost to retirement. Like, maybe he's got five or ten years left before he's going to retire. Yep. Um, he's, like, 60, I think. Um, so he's got, you know, in on Borear, that's, like, that's a, what, 220 
I think they like he's a two twenty twenty year yeah. old a two twenty year man yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So he he probably is going to be around for at least another five years, um, and he was going to put Miles um, as like basically apprentice to his second in command so miles could learn like all the downside stuff and then miles was going to become head of imsec um and like miles probably would have hated that (laughs) but like you think of what that meant as far as ilion trusting him right and And then to breach that trust i don't know i really felt terrible for Ilian and all this it's yeah like i was i was mostly mad at miles i was like you stupid idiot yeah you have compromised not only your entire future but the lives of people around you and the trust and, this- and the trust yes um, um but i felt so terrible for Ilian having to do this because you yeah. know how horrible he felt how mm-hmm. betrayed and how everything he had set up just wasn't going to work anymore. Yes. He's going to have to find a new replacement, which <laughs> that ties in nicely to the rest of what's going on in this book. Yeah. Um, you know, just, I don't know. I just felt terrible for him. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not fun. And no. Miles does not take it well, which, of you know. Uh, no. You don't, uh, you no. know, you re- understand that, but it makes it all worse. Um. Yeah, because he just mopes around in a depression for like. Yeah, so he goes. I, I don't know go, how long he goes home, and um, basically tries to drink, but he's too depressed to drink, and he like yep. goes and sits in this chair for like I don't know how long, and finally um, Ivan and Dove show up, which um, Dove had been there, I think when Miles uh or no, I don't think he was there. But um uh so I think Ilion told Duve like to check on Miles. Uh-huh. Um and Duve didn't want to um go in the house by himself, so he got Ivan to go with him. <laughs> <laughs> um and like Ivan's like, oh yeah, he's over here. Up, oh, yep, he's depressed, just like I thought. All right, yep. Um, all right, I have an idea, <laughs> and he like leaves, and Miles is like, oh good, they left, and then they come back, <laughs> and he's like, what are they doing? What are they doing? And he's like completely catatonic, and doesn't realize until like the last second that Ivan and Duve are about to dump him in the bathtub of ice water and he like snaps to like the second before he hits the water but it's too late and he drops it and he's like Ivan you idiot (laughs) (laughs) and Uh. Ivan's like yep I knew I thought that would snap you out of it (laughs) and um He's like Ivan seems terrible but he's really not no Ivan is a really good cousin he's a good cousin and a good friend and he's like He's like, yeah, don't worry. Miles won't kill himself. If he was going to do that, he would have done he it. He would have done it already. It's fine. Yeah, which is kind of awful, but also kind of true. <laughs> but also, he knows him. I yeah. mean, he's known, they've known each other. They're 
whole and been friends their whole lives. Yeah. So yeah, he's a good cousin and yep. a good friend. Um, and he makes Ivan go out. Uh, or he makes Miles go out. They go out to dinner, and he when they come back to the house, he tell they tell him he tells them what happened. Yep. Um, and they're like Ivan's like, well, can't Ilion like you know just like forgive you like you know can he like can't you do something about it or like, can't Gregor do something about it? And Miles is like, no, like you know I did this to myself, which mm-hmm. it's true. Uh, Miles turns 30. Um, it's not a great birthday. <laughs> um, he decides to go off to, uh, the, um, Verkozigan Serlo, um, which is, seems like a very nice place to celebrate your birthday out in the I country. I mean, it's a lovely space. It's a lovely space. And, um, so he has hired the brother of the gate guard to be his driver, um, because he can't drive because he has right, seizures. Because he has seizures and yeah, shouldn't be driving if you have seizures, unpredictable yeah. seizures. Yeah. So the gate guard's brother is seventeen, um, and he is about to take the test to go into the Imperial Military Academy, but um, he he has like a few months before the test, so he doesn't want to like get a job where he's going to leave. Um, so Miles is like, oh. Well, hey, can you drive? <laughs> yes. So uh, he hires him to be his driver. Um, and actually, I think the first time they, uh, I, the, the, when they go to when they go to the imperial residence, he like knocks over like <laughs> he like crashes into the portico. <laughs> oh yeah, because he doesn't know he knows how to fly a like a ground he knows how to drive a ground car right but, the, but he doesn't know how to fly a light flyer well no errol has the really bulky ground car like the right. armored ground car that's right and that's what he has a problem with so miles is like uh go drive around the block and practice while we're yeah. here i think that's when he goes to I like mean, it's better than miles driving yeah i think that's when he goes on gregor's date but i can't remember so i think it is so miles uh, wants to go to Sylvie Vale, or Miles goes to Verkozigan Solo. Uh, uh, he Martin goes and he like drives him, and they like you know he flies around the district and like there's this nice all this nice reminiscing about like his childhood and him and Ivan flying through the gorge, <laughs> which reminded me of Becker's Canyon because <laughs> of I'm me, and so Miles is like he starts really thinking about how he's lost himself. Like he has been so set on being Admiral Naismith for these past, however many years. And that he basically forgot who Lord Verkozigan was. Yep. And, you know, you know, he was basically caught between Admiral Naismith and Lieutenant Verkozigan. But meanwhile, there's also Lord Verkozigan and he has no idea who he is or what he wants to do be now because he like he has a whole bunch of money he's got that uh, so he doesn't need to work yeah but he like you know he has all this like he he calls the guy tipsis who's their business manager and like he's like yeah so i um can i hire people and so he's he's like, like you can hire as many people as you want yeah 
so he hires Martin. He starts he like starts hiring like a cleaning service and like so Miles uh they they end up in Varkozik and Serlo and Miles decides that he wants to go to Sylvie Vale. And Sylvie Vale is where Miles went to investigate a murder of an infant in the Mountains of Mourning, which is... When he was like 20 or something like that. Yes. So this is um, The Mountains of Mourning was the first novella in Borders of Infinity. It takes place right after he graduates from the Imperial Academy and right before he gets the assignment to um, the the... Oh, why can't I think of the Camp Permafrost? Carol Island, that's oh, the name of uh, it. Yeah. Carol Island. So he he's there. Um, this woman comes to Varkozigan Serlo and is like, please count Varkozigan. Like, there's been a murder and I need you to I need you judge to it. investigate it. Yeah. yeah. And so like Errol, being Errol, sends Miles to investigate. Because he immediately realizes what is happening, or what has happened, and right. um, that it is a a baby who was born with a uh, a deformity. Yeah, they call it the cat's mouth. I I'm assuming that it's a cleft palate. That's what. Yeah, because I looked it up because I'm like I have never heard that term before, um, and that's what I was thinking, like cleft palate. Which yeah, when they is, when. <sighs> It's, they talk about how a baby that had it wouldn't thrive and couldn't yeah. eat. And that's – if if you live in the backwoods and there's no way to fix it, yes, that is a yeah, and major it's, problem. It is horrible because, like, today, like, in our world and, like, in, like, the capital or in Hasadar, even in, like, Hasadar, like – that would be so easy to fix. Easy to fix. It's so but, easy to fix. But Sylvie Vale is very much, or felt very much like an oh, analogy. Oh, yes, what? No, I was going to say, yes, it's very much a backwater. <laughs> it's like Appalachia. Mm-hmm. It is poverty-stricken. They don't yeah. have electricity. They don't have running water. Right. Um, they, in Mountains of Mourning, they go into, they don't have the, uh, forgotten what they call it, but like their version of the radio. Yeah, the comm um, console and all right. Of that. They don't have any of that. Yeah. So this is a space that, and even in really, really rural America or mm-hmm. r- rural anywhere, there's a lot of superstition. There's yeah. a lot of um, uh, tribalism is maybe the wrong word, but it's very much a sense of like being part of that group right you know um my my family has property way up in north georgia and Uh that's not even we're not even getting into the really poor territories in appalachia and you know like really rural kentucky or really rural west virginia and you're already starting to sort of get that feeling yeah um so it was a I, I enjoyed the novella. Yeah, it's it's I know a that's really not what we're talking about. But. No, no, I mean, yeah, we can because that's you know that's we we didn't talk about that when right earlier because I'm like oh no that fits in better it here goes perfectly right here because yep. I had not read the novella when I first read this book. Um, uh, and, oh wow, that would yeah. 
so make a it, big difference. It does a good job of summarizing it. Um, and because there are some things in the series where she'll mention things that happen and you're like, oh, I wonder what book that is. And then you it's not in any book. And it's just like them sort of like like the Komar revolt that that's not right. in any of the books, but it comes up so many times that you think it should be. Um, so when I read the novella, I'm like, oh, oh, this makes so much sense now. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so reading the book again after having read the novella was very nice. was was nice. Um, right. So um, they, um, Miles basically wants to go to Sylvie Vale and see, um, uh, basically he wants to talk to the, the baby, you know, the, the, yep. the grave and like, because he feel like he's lost himself. And like during Mountains of Mourning, he like made a pledge to this little baby, this little girl named Raina that he would sort of make good for her. Like, and this is sort of like, you know, Miles's whole thing is that he wants to prove himself like mm-hmm. you know he wants to show that he can be just as good as his father and his grandfather um you know in spite of his you know disabilities and like and and because of them you know right. um because he is the person that he is because of them um you know yeah i don't think that if miles had been born Without disabilities, he would be as driven and as well. That um, I mean, it's a good comparison between him and Ivan. You know, yes. and Ivan yep. is very complacent. Ivan just wants to get by, um, and Ivan has reasons for that, which we yes. will discuss in Captain for Patrol's Alliance. And they're fairly good reasons. Oh, they are brilliant. Re- you realize that Ivan is really smart. Yeah. <laughs> um, even if he doesn't mean to be, but like you know. Miles, you know, where Ivan does everything that he does because he doesn't want to get caught up in a coup or be targeted. Um, Miles does everything that he does be- for the same reasons. He mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, you know, he will be targeted if he is not like driven and proven him proven himself as, you know, important, basically. Yep. Um, and it's really sad that he has that he feels like he has to do this. And if he had been born on any other planet, he probably would not have felt this way. Um, but basically he, he goes and he's like, I need to, you know, figure out where I've gone astray. You know, who is Lord mm-hmm. Rokosigan? Um, and he gets there and the grave is, uh, like underwater. He's like, oh, <laughs> this is a problem. Because so, they're basically building a hydroelectric yeah. plant. Yeah. And yeah. so he goes and sees the parents and like the mother teaches at a school and like like his mother opened up like a clinic there and like his his mother like helped open up the school and basically like sponsor like gave like students do scholarships so they could go to college and then go back there to teach for a certain number of years Mm -hmm. like it's like i really i I wish this would happen like all the time like in our world you know well yeah because that's how you like improve areas is you're like all right we're gonna go give you education and then you can come back here and teach people and then you know when you're done with that then you can go do whatever you want um right there is some of that going on but that's not, a whole yeah 
Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's where people argue, oh, it's socialism. And it's like, yeah, well, you're making you're making these this place a much better place because of it. So. (laughs) Right. And you know what? I'm fine with that. Yeah. I am too, because you know these, you know these these kids will have health care, and you know not 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 die because they have a cleft palate and their mother their grandmother kills them and yeah so that's the other thing is that (laughs) right that's an extreme example it is an extreme example (laughs) Um, but it is so in the novella Miles is basically investigating what happened and the mother thinks that. The, f- the father is the one who killed the daughter, which mm-hmm. is horrible. Like, the fact that they're still married, like, speaks a lot to the strength of their relationship. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, Miles basically figures out from the very beginning that it's the grandmother, um, which... She was awful. Yeah, but, I mean, when you think about it, of course Miles would know to suspect the grandparents. Right. Because... <laughs> Because if grandfather his grandfather tried to kill had him. been slightly less of a person, yeah, that would have been Miles. Well, I mean, he did try to kill Miles. Yeah, but he, yeah, but like eventually he saw the error of his ways. Yeah, like five years later. <laughs> but like, you know, it took him a while. Yeah, um, it took but him he, a they're while. also from a generation where mutations were. Uh, I mean, an instant death sentence. Yeah. Well. It's because of the time of isolation, because there were so few colonists and there was so much inbreeding that mutations happened and it was like, it became a superstition, like, which is funny because like, you know, the whole Vor system is basically Mm -hmm. like set up to encourage inbreeding (laughs) and Mm -hmm. yet mutations are what they fear most fear most yeah (laughs) it's kind of like the snake eating itself um (laughs) and then they're like they're so against like galactic medicine and the uterine replicator and it's like but the uterine replicator you screen for all of those things that you're so afraid of (laughs) like right like you guys make no sense and they don't um, well, a lot of systems don't make a lot of sense if yeah. you really think hard about it. And then the other thing is that, you know, the Setagandans bombed the shit out of the Varkosigan district. Right. And it only recently stopped glowing. Yeah. So, you know, how many people died, like, instantly? And then how many people died because of, like, the radiation? And, like, that's cause- probably causing all of this health problems still down the line like even in Mm -hmm. miles's time so so miles goes um they have a big party um he talks to the parents and like he's like how do you do it like how do you go on and he and the the mother is like you just do like Mm -hmm. you just you just get up and you keep going and you just every day you just keep doing it and like it's that is very meaningful like it is very impactful and miles realizes like okay well i don't necessarily know what i'm supposed to be doing but i'm just going to keep doing every day just keep doing it yeah so um so miles goes back home and Duve reports and like and he's like 
<laughs> this is after he's like reamed out miles <laughs> um but <clears throat> he's like um have you ever caught Ilion in a mistake which is funny because like he just like basically fired miles so you expect miles to be like yes he fired me (laughs) (laughs) but um he's like yeah he like made a mistake during a briefing and then he like kind of like realized that was something wrong and like kind of left and miles is like that's weird um you know okay well i'm going he basically calls um harash who Mm -hmm. is uh ilion's second in command and is like hey um you need to review um this thing or no sorry he miles like doesn't do anything about it but then ilion calls miles and he's like where the hell are you and he basically is like flashing back to like many many years ago i think it was when for the marilockin prison camp thing um i can't remember specifically but it was like a mission and he's like sir that was like four years ago like that what are you talking about and then ilion like has this horrified look and like cuts the comm console and miles like holy shit like oh something is wrong with ilion and like he won like he's like starts to wonder if there's something wrong with Ilion's chip um because as we know Ilion has this eidetic chip in his brain uh yep he is the only basically survivor of this experiment by Emperor Azar um everyone else kind of like went schizophrenic or you know killed themselves or and then basically died because of it <laughs> um and Ilion was the only one who like survived um and yeah. he's had this ship in his head for like 30 years um and there's nobody that really knows much more about it right because they mm-hmm. stopped the experiment yeah and so because everybody was dying yes <laughs> it's not great when like 99 percent of your subjects die right um so nobody really knows much about it or what could go wrong with it, how it might look if it starts to go bad. Yes. So that's this whole trying to figure out if, you know, something is going on with, with that. Right. And um, he, he call, he, he doesn't, um, he doesn't want like Doove to do anything about it. Like, so he's finally he just like calls Harash and he's like, please check my comm console or like or Ilion's comm console records from this time. Like basically just look at the call and like that's all he says about it. Mm-hmm. Um and then Ilion um goes basically is like completely messes up during a meeting and he gets you know they realize that there's something really wrong with him and he is subdued and brought to um like the medical center at imsec um and he is you know taken out of command and harash takes over imsec and they're trying to figure out what's wrong uh with him uh lieutenant vorberg who um is now back on Brayar. 
Mm-hmm. And he was he was put on desk duty uh, or light duty. Um, he does not know who Miles is. Thank goodness. Because he, um, Miles, you know, had his face armor on and Vorberg didn't really see him. Um, but he goes and see Miles, to see Miles and he's like really pissed off at Miles because Ilion has been asking for Miles. And Miles won't come see him. Yeah. And he's like, why won't you come here? And Miles is like, because nobody told me. Yeah. He's like, I don't know. And he's like, well, they said they were going to tell you. And he's like, they didn't. <laughs> nope. I got nothing. So Miles goes to Impsec to St. Ilion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Miles is kicked out of Impsec um, by Harash. And several times. <laughs> yeah, several times. He like talks his way in. And finally, Harash is like, um, if this man comes back, kick him out and like the the guards like carry him out and like put their stunners on him and he's like okay fine um and he goes back home uh but miles is not the type Being of person miles to take things yep. quietly nope. <laughs> um so miles knows that he has a trump card. <laughs> I mean, when your best friend slash brother is the emperor. You've got the best trump card there is. Yep. yep. Um, so he realizes he needs, like, he needs power. And it's not just he doesn't need power to go and see Ilion. He needs control over this investigation. Um, because Harash is not seeing the whole story right um and he wants like the raw data he wants to be able to requisition people he knows that something is wrong and it's not necessarily that he suspects harash of anything he just knows that the investigation is not going the way it needs to be right so miles um puts on his house uniform his best house uniform. His brown and silver. His brown and silver. Which I am very, like, I sort of want to draw it or make it or... Yes, do it. Like, I I never thought about the combination of brown and silver. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, that's actually really pretty. Like a chocolate brown velvet and a silver gilt embroidery. Like... What is the Verbara colors? I keep forgetting. What oh, are the... Ver- um, Barbara colors. I have to look that Aren't up. Aren't they like? Oh, here we. Oh, here we go. Barbarian Vor Library is an article from the Verkozigan <laughs> Wiki. Verbara is. Verbara is black and silver. That's what I thought. That's what I wanted yeah. to say. But I was like, oh, I was just Verkozigan. looking at things in the Winter Soldier before we started this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's influencing. Yeah. Verko- my costuming. Verkozigan <laughs> is black and silver. Verpatrol is dark blue and gold. That's pretty. Which is also very pretty. Yeah, that's very pretty. Oh, ooh, the Verbritons are yes. dark green and bittersweet orange. Uh, the Verharopolises are chartreuse <laughs> and scarlet. Ew. <laughs> the Veru- the Verutiers are blue and gray. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Um, um. No, Ver- the chartreuse ooh, is... Ooh. Who? Verdarian is maroon and gold. So the Verdarians are basically Florida State University. 
<laughs> uh, that's funny. I wonder. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, <coughs> if they ever make a movie out of these or a TV show, you better believe that I'm going to be cosplaying. Right. Something. That's why yep. they need I mean, to. They're, the costumes would be so good. I mean, the costumes would be amazing. Yeah. The whole plot is, I don't know why nobody's adapted it. I don't know. Like, I really don't understand. <sighs> I know. It's so... Makes me, like, it's, if they can adapt Outlander... Yeah. They can adapt this. Yeah, right? Ugh. Come on, studio people. Right. Okay. Get it together. We've we've gone on our <laughs> detour we've, to we've barrier and more library. We're good. <laughs> so Miles, but it's important because Miles puts on his best brown and silver uniform and then he lays out every single military award that he's received. He's ever gotten. Every single one, even the little tiny ones. Um, including the Setagandan uh, <laughs> Medal of, <laughs> Medal what is, of Honor Medal or whatever, whatever it, it is, which basically he put in a drawer because, no, he didn't want to ever be seen with it. Um, and he puts every single one on. Like, it, that had to be really heavy. <laughs> I mean, he's probably falling, probably top heavy now. <laughs> um, and he's like, yep, this looks good. And then he goes to see Gregor. And he walks into Gregor's office and Gregor's like, all right, Miles, what's this about? And then he stops short and he's like, holy crap, I don't think I've ever seen you become the Vor Lord with intent. <laughs> and like, it was only ever accidental. Yeah. Like, I don't ever really like there are moments of Miles's where I like admire him greatly. Mm-hmm. Um, There aren't really a lot of moments where I find myself attracted to Miles. Right. Um, this is one of those moments <laughs> where I can understand why women sometimes throw themselves at Miles. Yep. <laughs> it's that swagger and confidence. Yes, it is. Yeah. Exactly. This is why Admiral Naismith gets all the ladies and Lord Verkozigan does not. Correct. Um, but yeah, this moment, I'm just like, ooh, okay, Miles. <laughs> like... You don't uh-huh. you don't do this often, but when you do, um, it's kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he basically is like, "Hey, Greg, <laughs> Greg, <laughs> Greg Blutman, <laughs> Greg, no, <laughs> I want <laughs> I want you to assign me an Imperial Auditor." And the Imperial Auditors were first introduced in this book as this group of men of course they're all men of who, course they are um, because it's berayar right they're person hi ah uh, okay side note we're taking a sidebar yes. i want a another one i want a book about someone's daughter um it could be a kudelka daughter like mm-hmm. the third generation of kudelkas it could be miles's kid it can be ivan's eventual kid i want one of them to become the first female imperial auditor yeah. Right? Oh, that would be so good. Right? Or, or just someone completely new. Someone completely yes. new. Yeah. Maybe a Katerin later on in her life? <laughs> I don't know. I just want I, someone. I mean... 
I don't know that a Katarin would want to <gasps> do that. Oh, you know who would be a good one? Kareen. Oh, she would be so good. I'm gonna Mark be- would Mark would be like, Ugh. Yeah. Let's call up Lois and give her this idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey Lois, if you're accepting <laughs> ideas. Ideas, we'd be happy to talk you through this one. I mean, really any sort of Vor woman becoming the first whatever. Like it doesn't have to be yep. Imperial Auditor. Like I really want a story of like either the next generation or the generation after where women are starting to get like equality on Brayar. Like mm-hmm. because like all imagine all of the crap Miles had to go through, like multiply that by like a thousand for like a woman who enters Imperial service. Like yep. Ugh. Anyway. That's what, another part of the reason I love Cordelia so much. Yes. Cordelia is just like screw all of you and your Brands. weird social norms. Yeah, exactly. All right. Side note. Done. <laughs> For <laughs> We've now. about Brayer and uh, sexism. Um. Mm. So yeah, the Imperial auditors are basically as- appointed by the Emperor as his voice, and they go off and do like independent investigations for like basically whatever. Whatever things um, the emperor wants them to, like if there's something, some case that they are, you know, is not is not being solved, they'll go and investigate. Um. So. Um, and they're like the when you say the voice of the emperor, they are quite literally they have as much power as he does. Mm-hmm. Gregor is the only person that can naysay an imperial auditor. Yes. In their yes. official capacity. Yes. Um, and they are appointed for life. Um, yep. And most of the people who are imperial auditors are like retired admirals or generals or um, some pr- there's one of the one of them is a professor, you know, uh-huh. so they're like, you know, very old, very like established and, you know, very well respected. Right. Um, so Miles is like, I want you to give me one of them to like basically use (laughs) for this investigation so they go through and gregor's like no you can't have this one this one no he's doing such and such miles doesn't want the really really old one who's sort of feeble (laughs) now um and so gregor's like well uh there's a ninth auditor who is basically an acting auditor for just certain cases I can import that to make you that. And Greg Miles is like, uh, that's not what I had in mind. I mean, that's not what I, wait, what is sort of what Miles yeah. is the way he reacts to that. Like I didn't, that's not what I, not what I meant, but he does it anyway. Yep. And then and thank goodness. Yeah. And then he's like, well, um, I need someone who I can trust implicitly on this and then gregor goes well who do you have in mind so the first time i read this book i was reading it on my kindle and mm-hmm. very conveniently the the scene break was at the bottom of the page okay so i had to flip to the next page to start the next scene okay and as he's saying i need someone i can trust I started going, oh, oh, please, 
Oh, please, be who I think it is, be who I think it is. And then I flip to the next page, and it's like a Gilligan cut to Ivan going, is that thing real? And I was like, yes! (laughs) Ivan is going to hate this so much. Oh, Ivan. (laughs) And he's like, oh, you got me to be your mule or whatever. And like, I don't want to... Uh, there's some joke about like being an ass or something and it's mm-hmm. it's hilarious and i'm like oh this uh, i love this book <laughs> i love ivan yeah so he's, i mean i love miles but ivan and gregor sort of have my heart yeah like, i have a crush on both of them yes so miles is of course like uses flatter and he's like i need someone i can trust and it has to be you, and Ivan's like, whatever. Okay, fine. Uh, also, also, Ivan kind of uh, appreciates this because, um, you know, since Gregor and Lysa have been betrothed, um, mm-hmm. Lady Vorpatril has recruited Ivan to be, like, her second-in-command for all of the wedding things. So this gets him out of that, which he appreciates. Yeah, because <laughs> Ivan does not want to be involved in he that. doesn't want to be doing that no like that ivan is not a wedding planner no nope 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 and he doesn't even do very well for his own wedding yeah so. yeah 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 although i every time i think about that scene several books ahead i laugh and laugh and laugh but we'll get there oh i'm wondering what's oh where he's waving around groats. Yes, yes, that <laughs> one. Like, that one. Groats. Yes, that one. <laughs> um, so, um, so, um, Miles goes to Impsec. And of course, the gate guards are like, we were told to remove you. And he's like, yes, please go get uh, General Harash. And say the Imperial Auditor has like, you know, sent for him. Yep. And he, like, he knows how long it will take the guard to get to Ilion's office and then get back. And he's, like, timing it. And he's, like, saying to himself, oh, five minutes, not that bad. And Harash comes out incensed. And Miles is just, like, he sees, like, the auditor's chain on him and he's just, like, the fuck? Yep. Because there's there is nothing he can do. No, he can't do anything. Nope, because Miles is as high up as it gets. Mm-hmm. Which is <laughs> I almost felt sorry for everyone. <laughs> right? Um because Miles having that much power yeah. I just felt at the time like the worst idea. Yeah. Um it, he he really comes into his own. But um, at the time, I was like, "Oh boy, Miles! Mm-hmm. Oh, this is this is not going to go well for anybody." Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he basically gets, you know, full cooperation mm-hmm. and takes control of this investigation. Um, he go he goes to see Ilion, and it's heartbreaking uh this is like the one scene where i break down and keep thinking of my aunt yeah um in the memory care facility and it just it's 
I, it's really it, it, it is a hard makes, scene. It makes me think that Lois from Rasputin has known someone who was going through Alzheimer's or dementia. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know how she could have written this otherwise. Like it's so it's so it's really very real. Yeah, it's very 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 real. Yep, and almost too. Almost too much. Um, yeah. You know, we were talking earlier about that it was, oh, you have someone that has dementia. Yeah. And my grandmother has, well, my grandfather and my grandmother, mm. had, he had and she has Alzheimer's. Yeah. Um, and it's a tough, it's tough. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Like, yep. I don't really have that. I don't really have that with my aunt anymore. Like, I when I go see her, like, she doesn't know who I am. But, mm-hmm. like, and she can't carry on a conversation. Like, she just speaks gibberish. But, yep. like, if I sit with her, like, she, like, you can sit with her and, like, she doesn't keep asking who are you. Or, like, she doesn't repeat herself because she can't talk. So you can right. just sit with her and, like... We'll bring her snacks and, like, you know, every once in a while she'll laugh. But, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's early on, it was when she first started getting sick, she would ask the same question over and over. over and, and this over was really before we knew what was wrong with her. And mm-hmm. I think that's why it brings so much bad memories because, like, it's very much like early onset Alzheimer's. If you haven't been diagnosed or you, or the person does not want to admit something's wrong and they keep asking the same question over and over and over and over yeah. and you having to tell them who you are. Um, yeah. My grandmother is, is <clears throat> excuse me, she both had a brain bleed and has oh, Alzheimer's. Oh, God. So she has a very – not only does she ask the same question over and over and over again, she – won't she remembers who I am currently, but doesn't remember why I'm there or how old I, you know, yeah, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but she also has <laughs> because the brain bleed affected her short term memory mm. and her it w- somehow weirdly affected her recall. She'll see things on TV because she watches a lot of TV. Uh-huh. Um, she'll see things on TV and then tell you that it happened to her when she was a child. Oh, God. And so nothing about her speaking to you is reliable. Yeah. E- ever anymore. Yeah. Um, so she'll tell you these long stories, and you're like, I think that was a plot of an SVU episode. Oh, God. <laughs> but her brain doesn't connect that. It right. saw the thing. She felt something about it and mm-hmm. connected it to her childhood. Yeah. Whereas um, my aunt just does like see has lost basically all control of language. Like she yeah. speaks gibberish. Um every once in a while she'll like she'll say no or something and like sometimes she says something and it's like it's a it's a coherent sentence and it's really funny. Mm-hmm. Like I said I asked her a question she was like, "Oh no." <laughs> please no and it made me laugh really hard i think i said hey i'm like aunt penny have you ever seen star wars and she went oh please oh. no <laughs> and it made me laugh really hard you know that's funny yep but like uh, ilion 
like basically because his ship is malfunctioning like keeps like flashing back to different parts of his life like he's basically the you know because the chip would basically let him remember everything everything but it's basically like malfunctioning so he's like thinking like things that happened 10 years ago are happening now and um every once in a while like he gets lucid and he's like miles there's something wrong with my chip you know Uh and like he's able to talk to him like like what is happening now and miles is like you know is trying to talk to him and like he finally he finally is you know talks to the um the the medics and the surgeon and it's like what what can we do and they finally agree they have to take the chip out the yep. chip is and malfunctioning. They- it's basically, um, oh, Ilion says like it's turning to goo in my brain or something like that. Uh-huh. And Miles is like he later on tells the medics, um, yeah, you got to watch what you say around him um, because he heard the medics say that, <laughs> um, right? And so, so he's hearing everything. Yeah, he's taking things in, but because the chip is malfunctioning so badly. It's not coming out in the right time. It's not. Right. Um, it's just not all working together. Yeah. But then they're afraid if they take it out, they're like, well, he might die. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. They have no idea what will happen. Will he die? Um, you know, they're worried about the chip because mm-hmm. of how much is on the chip. And like Miles is finally like, I don't give a crap about the chip. I want to save Ilion, you know? Um, and right. they, they're finally, well, like, they they know that, like, basically the chip will, like, malfunction completely if they take it out. So they don't have to worry about taking it out and, like, uh, someone finding it and having all of Berea's secrets. Like, right, it's basically right. gonna, like, not die, but, you know. Self-destruct. Yes. Uh, Mission Impossible style. Yes. Um... <laughs> And he's like, yeah, it. I don't care about getting stuff off of the, the chip. You know, it's 30 years of stuff. You know, those secrets are better left off dead. Yep. And it's very true. And I think I texted you when I was reading this and I was like, <laughs> you know, it's a really good thing that Ilion never knew the truth about um, Prince Serg's death. Because oh, yes. Could and I was you- like, but wait, why? What's what? And I'm like, could you imagine if he had blurted that out? Like, that's, a, that's quite the state secret. Yeah, like literally, I think the all there's, I think there's only uh, two people who know that right now. Yep, I think like uh, Cordelia and Errol, because like Gregor has learned about like his father being depraved, but I don't think he ever knew about Azar, um, like order or orchestrating his death um right and i like i would be really interested to like ask lois who passed Richard, if errol ever told gregor that and i i have a feeling the answer is no i think that secret is gonna die with yeah I, errol and because Cordelia. i don't think people need to know that yeah like 
I don't think Errol would feel like he no. needed to tell anybody that. Right. And I mean, like, the whole reason they did that was because Azar just knew that Serg could not be Emperor Brer. Like, it would be horrible if that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, Errol went along with it for the good of Brer, but knows that other people finding out is not going to be good for Brer. So what... Why bother telling anyone else, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I think it was, I think it was Mile, or I think it was Errol, Cordelia, Azar, and Negri who knew. I can't remember if anyone else knew. Um, and, and I know we, I ask this question all the time, but I think, I think by this time in the timeline, I think Errol and Cordelia are the only ones who know. Yeah, so, I think, well, because Negri's definitely dead. Yeah, Negri's dead. Azar's, Azar's dead. been long dead. Um, and I think Car- I think Corrine might have known, but she's dead. <laughs> right. So. They're, everybody's dead. Yeah. So, really, it's just Errol and Cordelia right now, which mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it ends up being a really good thing, because yeah. if Elian had blurted that out, oh, boy. You don't need that out in the world. No. Mm-hmm. No. Nope. So, um, Miles orders them to remove Ilion's ship. Um, it ends up being a really simple procedure. Um, it does not kill him. No, it doesn't kill Spoilers. him. Spoilers. Yeah, they w- they wake him up, and he's basically sort of fine. Uh-huh. Um, but he like remembers what happened, and it's like it's hor like so. This is really like my worst nightmare with my aunt. Okay. It's that, like, that somehow she knows what is happening to her. Mm-hmm. And, and is, she's stuck and she can't. Yes. And yeah. that, or that, you know, she will eventually pass away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't know if I believe in an afterlife, but, you know, it, it's nice to think of one. Mm -hmm. Um, and you think of like her going to an afterlife, going to heaven or wherever, and Uh being able to see the last several years of her life in which she was basically lost herself. And like, because she had told me at times, if that ever happens to me, shoot me. Like, yeah. So like, that is like the worst feeling for me is like, you know, her somehow getting better and then being like, I told you not to let this happen to me, you know? Right. Uh, so, like, Ileon, like, having the chip out, recovering, um, his memory is still kind of, like, bad. Like, spotty. Yeah. He's yeah. forgotten things. Like, he has bad short-term memory. He gets a map. <laughs> he gets a recorder. <laughs> and he's, like, thinks it's the greatest thing ever. But, like... Because he's also not sure what to do. Like, if you've had a chip recording everything right. and putting it in your brain, suddenly you're like, oh, I have to remember that? Right. And, like, and it does... Like, he does have to, like, learn how to use his brain again. Because, like, mm-hmm. his brain has sort of grown around this chip. Um, but right. it's it's... I mean, it's not as difficult as like people think it is and like he ends up doing fine um he's physically fine like he gets out of the hospital really quickly but it's just like the idea that he can remember what that felt like mm-hmm. is horrifying it makes me want to give him a hug <laughs> <laughs> um uh, you know the the 
intimidating Simon Illion yeah. is no longer. Right. And uh, that's a big, that's another. Right. Like, she, Lois McCaster-Brujol has said before that she will think of the worst things she can do to a character and then do it to them. And, right. like, Illion has been this super imposing force in the background of all of these books and she basically mm-hmm. takes that away from him and away book. from him and it which is really fitting for the theme of this book and why i love this book so much because it's miles having to learn how to be lord verkos again and in the background and Ilian is Ilian having to learn how to just how be, to be simon. Again. How, to, how, yeah. how does he be simon yeah uh it's such a good book. <laughs> it is a good book. So, um, Miles invites Ilion to Verkosian House for his convalescence because he has all of these rooms available. Um, right. He's hired Ma Costi to be his chef because she's the best. She, apparently, I well, I want to eat Ma Costi's cooking. Yeah. She's wonderful. Um, Particularly when we get to a civil campaign. <laughs> Yes. Um, so he, Miles has hire, hired Martin's mother. Um, and, you know, everyone wants to go to Verkozigan house now. Um, he's got all of these rooms that were Piotr's um, because Piotr had like one floor and Cordelia and Errol had another floor and Miles has like this one little room. So he right. basically turns it over for Ilion and Alice for Patrol like goes over to the house first and like gets all these towels and flowers <laughs> because she's Alice Verpatchel and that's what she does. And that's what she does. I, I identify very strongly with Alice yes. Verpatchel. Also, can I say, like, I really loved when, like, she was talking to Miles and she's like, why did nobody inform me about this? Mm-hmm. And, like, he, like, asks Alice to come and sit with Ilion and, like, like, it's just, it makes me feel, like, so in awe of Alice like how strong this woman is and like mm-hmm. you know so many people on Beret are underestimate her and like Gregor says to her Rosh like don't piss this woman off like you don't understand how much power she has yeah um, I mean she, she uh, up until Gregor gets married she runs the imperial household right and like even afterward i imagine she still is pretty influential because like lisa is like a noob <laughs> to right AR. So, so she's got to help her at least yeah. for the first five years yeah let's say. and like yeah lisa can be the official hostess now but like right. she's still gonna use Alice's expertise and also Lisa has babies you know right Right. away and they're probably I don't know what they do officially or I don't remember I suppose but I assume they keep her on as the official social secretary right like she's still doing the same job she was before right arranging everything Lisa just has some input and is the official hostess yeah I mean why would you want to get rid of her like you you absolutely would not no she knows everybody she's got the protocol down she knows <laughs> exactly what to do sex secretly <laughs> yes well which is the most exciting yeah um but is yeah that in this book that's in the next book i spoiled it. okay or two books from now <laughs> but you know oh whatever <laughs> whatever spoilers so, yeah. spoiler alert so um so my, so he, they decide to go to Verkozigan Sirlo mm-hmm. um, for a little trip, 
and um, they uh, <laughs> go fishing in the lake. Which is truly uh. one of my favorite scenes in any of these books. <laughs> I don't know why. It just makes me laugh. It's just so Simon and Miles. They go fishing, and they're not catching anything. No. <laughs> or it's really slow. And they're like, we could just stun the fish. <laughs> Miles, like, tells him, like, oh, yeah, like, there's a way you can, like, you know, or, you know, uh, finagle the, the power pack to to drop in the water and electrocute the fish. So and, they do. And Ileon is like, can we try this? <laughs> yeah. And then they have, like... 35 fish float up to the surface. <laughs> and it's hilarious because they've got, like, they've got people in, like, they have insect, like, people watching Ilion, and, like, the guy on the shore, like, sees the explosion and, like, jumps up, and Miles just kind of waves. It's like, we're fine! We're good! good. Thanks, though! <laughs> like, it's just so... Because, but neither of these men strike me as the type to really enjoy fishing, ever. Yeah. Like, it's slow, and it takes a long time. Yeah. And, it, like, I mean, I don't like fishing personally, so I very strongly identify with the <laughs> desire to just be like, well. Yeah. I mean, we could still have dinner. Yeah. We could just do this in, like, 2.5 seconds and be done. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know. It made me – I was listening uh, – to the audiobook in the car and it made me laugh so hard that like my face hurt <laughs> um which doesn't normally happen like captain vorpatrel's alliance did some of the same thing for me mostly the books you know they've made me sort of tear up before or i've been like oh miles yeah i do that a lot to myself in the car yes oh miles <laughs> um but uh, they've never up to this point it had not made me like outright laugh yeah um and this definitely did that for me right um so uh it doesn't have much effect on the plot yeah but it made me happy right oh i found a part with um when alice like yells at uh them or so so alice went to komar um, when Gregor and Lysa got engaged, and she basically went to sort of like make nice broker the thing, yeah, broker the yeah. thing, be the Baba, um, yep. or the the go between, and like, yep. uh, you know, assure Lysa's parents that everything is going to be okay. So she comes back, and um, you know, calls Miles, and is like, um. He like bracing her to like put him to work, and her first mm -hmm. instead her first words were Miles. How long have you known about this dreadful nonsense going on with Simon? He's like, um, a couple of weeks. And she says, Did it ever occur to any of you three young louts that I would wish to be informed? <laughs> he's like, Young louts, Ivan, Miles, and Gregor. Gregor. She was upset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. And then, and then she says, you know, oh, Cordelia's on her way home. And Miles is like, oh, oh no. Shnikes. Because <laughs> he hasn't told his parents yeah. about his discharge. Yeah. Or, because they're coming home for 
Gregor's wedding, right? Yes. That's why they come well, home. Well, no, for Gregor's um, betrothing Bur- ceremony. Yes. Right, 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 the right. Cer- this that ceremony. And then the wedding is later. Yes. Um, but, yeah, Miles still has not told his parents about any of yeah. this. So he finally ends up sending them, like, a hasty message. He ends up sending Elia a message, too, which is, like, not the greatest message but no nope. can't really say a lot mm-hmm. um <laughs> here we go we have fished Ilian announced staring at the mass which almost <laughs> equaled miles's own can we go in now you've got another stunner pack no any beer left that was the last then we might as well <laughs> yeah, i well, love him we, we have, have fished. we have fished and and this whole fishing scene the whole fishing scene is really wonderful because it's just like the two of them talking. Yep. Um, but like and, you know, stunning fish. Yeah, but like they end up talking, and then Miles has a lot of introspection, and there's this part where he says he swallowed another chill and smoky slug of beer. Identity. That's my elephant. The thought came with certainty, without the question mark on the end this time. Not fame exactly. The recognition was some kind of important cement for it. But what you were was what you but what you were was what you did. And I did more, oh yes. If a hunger for identity were translated into, say, a hunger for food, he'd be of more fantastic glutton than Mark had ever dreamed of being. Is it irrational to want to be so much to want to want so hard it hurts? And how much then was enough? And I'm like, oh God. Like this is just a stupid chapter with them going fishing, and it's mm-hmm. like so much more. <laughs> well, it it leaves room for them to breathe. Yeah. In terms of character development. Mm-hmm. And when we have all these, you know, great things with the mercenaries or space battles or whatever, you don't get a lot of that. Yeah. Deep introspection. There's not time. Yes. Um. So this was, that's another reason I really liked it. Yeah. So they, um, so after they, they have their very nice dinner that Ma Costi prepared for them, and then he gets a call that, um, they are to go back to, they, like, they have the report ready, and they're like, you want it right away. So Miles, like, offers for them to meet at 2600 hours, which mm-hmm. they, they, we don't really have a, have a lot of mention in the series that Barrer has 26 hours and god damn would I like 26 hours in the day <laughs> I mean part of me would and part of me wouldn't right. but there's where is there a mention of it is it I think it's in Captain Com- Vorpatrol yes because Komar Com- it will it's not mentioned in Komar which is weird because they're on Komar but in Captain right. Vorpatrol's alliance Ivan is whining about how Komar has such a short day that's right it's like he mentions it's like it five fourteen or six hours times. or sixteen He's hours. Really mad about it. Yeah, but I mean, when you have like twenty six hours and you have to go someplace where there's like sixteen hours, like right. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So this is one of the few mentions where like that happens, and and it makes sort of sense because like so Barrarians don't live as long. Right. Um, I think combination of like just the medicine, like their standard of medicine it's not like galactic standards yet um 
and like all the crap that has happened on the planet, I'd mm-hmm. imagine their life expectancy is going to increase, like, you know, as the decades go on and they're back in the galaxy, in the galactic nexus. But also, mm-hmm. they have two extra hours every day, you know, multiplied by 365 days or however many there are on there in are Berea, on yep. mm-hmm. like, it would make sense that they only live, they, they have a shorter lifespan because they live longer in the day, you know? <laughs> <laughs> which, would, would, which would make sense. So. Sorry, my phone is ringing and that's oh, ringing no. to my computer. Oh, jeez. Ah, sorry. <laughs> I can't hear anything, so it's fine. Okay, good. Phew. So, um, so they go back to Verbar Sultana and get the report that the ship was sabotaged. So that was the question. Was it sabotage or was it natural causes? Right. Um, just well, you know, it just the chip deteriorating, and it was sabotage. Um, they, um, they just there is something wrong with it. Um, there was some some prokaryote, um, that basically made it break down. So Miles brings in Doctor Waddell, also known as Doctor Canaba, who is the going back? <laughs> yes, who is the doctor that he extracted in Labyrinth? He was the one who created Torah, um, right? That Miles went in to get out, and then ended up getting Torah too, and destroying all of Baron Ryerval's samples, right? Um, so. Dr. Kanaba has been living on Berear as Dr. Waddell for this many years. He's His appearance has changed, and he knows that this guy will figure out what went wrong. So they, they discover that the same prokaryote um, that destroyed this the, the chip is actually in their evidence room, and it was a Komaran-like... It was a Komaran, like the Komarans basically commissioned it from the Jacksonians <laughs> right. um, to use in one of their plots. And I am a little fuzzy on this, but Ivan, there's something amusing with Ivan finding this. Um, yes. So I like, I think he like... So they, they like, ask, Miles is like, okay, Ivan, you have to look through all the evidence room. And he's like, And Ivan's like, But, so Ivan goes and does, like, the worst ones first. Or no, Mm -hmm. he goes and does, like, he saves the worst ones for last. And then he ends up finding it, like, pretty soon. So he ended up not having to, like, search the worst areas. And Miles is like, see, I would have done those first, but... Ivan's like pushing things off and not doing like not exerting a lot of effort ended up working out for him in this case. <laughs> it often seems to work out for Ivan. Right? So um it turns out that Miles is sort of framed because it's find out like so they basically find out that like it was Miles had checked it out of the evidence room but mm-hmm. the timestamp was when he, he left he was elsewhere yeah well he had left imsec 
the first time he showed up after arriving on Berear, um, he walked home because he's like, well, usually they would have a car for me or whatever. And like, this is when they're like, okay, well, you just have to be ready. And so he decides, you know, it's, it's a nice day. I'll walk home. So he mm-hmm. walks the three, mi- the three miles or kilometers or however long home. So there's, there's no way he could have done it. And he's like, you know, you can, check the the surveillance cameras around the the town and you would see that i was walking home you know Mm -hmm. um so they realize that they figure out someone is trying to frame miles um and when you think about how quickly harash like agrees that yes someone is trying to hire you you are frame you you realize it's a little fishy that he's so quick to agree with miles um because wouldn't you think like well miles you have a reason to have done this like ilion like ruined your life kind of you mm-hmm. know um but every no one no no one especially harash is like oh no like we know that you haven't done this when you right. would think harash would be the one to be like oh i think it's you so mm-hmm. that's fishy um so they go to a reception at Gregor's. First, uh, Cordelia comes home, which is great because, you know, yay, Cordelia. Yeah, um, I love Cordelia. And they go to this reception at, at the Imperial residence and, like, they, you know, have more time with Lisa and Duve and Delia are kind of have a thing now, which is sweet. And ho- it's adorable. And hopefully Duve will be a little better about, you know, talking about his feelings. Yes. Um, and, you know, things seem to be going well. Um, Miles realizes that um, Ilion and Alice are sleeping together. <laughs> <laughs> which he does not um Ivan does not take that well when he finds out. Yes, well Miles re- realizes that um Ivan does not know yet and he's not going to tell him. He'll let Ivan figure that out himself. But it's funny because like he goes home and like he's at home and Miles is like he's like, "Oh, we're Simon." And he's like she's like, "Oh, he's having breakfast in his, in his rooms." But um knock first, Lady Alice is accompanying him and miles thinks nothing of it he knocks yep. on the door and it takes them a really long time really long time to answer the door and like he he doesn't think anything of it he's like come on what are you guys doing in there like hurry up and then later he like sees him and he's like oh my god Ileon is sleeping with Aunt Alice. <laughs> and uh-huh. i'm like you stupid asshole <laughs> like of course they are <laughs> And that makes me wonder, when did it happen? Like, because, like, she takes him to a concert, and, like, she's there all the time, and, like, how mad she is when he gets sick. Like, it makes me wonder, like, was there something going on beforehand? Or did it just happen while he was sick? Like, I I don't... think there are some insinuations in later books that, like... They had flirted, mm-hmm. but they'd never done anything about it. Okay. So maybe, like, um, him getting sick was sort of the thing that pushed them to right. be together. Yep. So- because he probably then was like, 
Well, well, I don't have this thing hanging over my head. Yeah. I can, I don't have these state secrets that somebody might kill to get. Right. I don't um, have anything to, I, I don't have anything to lose anymore, so. Yep. And I'm sure, like, Ileon was probably always a little hesitant because, like, you know, her husband had died in such a horrible way and, like, she's sort of, like, probably hasn't been with anyone since, you know? Yep. It's a prop- Not very really, proper anyway. lady and, like, you know... So yeah, but it but I I love that they are a couple and me too. I would love to read. I need to go find if there's any like Ileon and Alice fanfic fan from fiction? like their <gasps> perspective. I'd never thought about that. Yeah, like their first like kiss or hookup or whatever. Like, did, well, I did know Ileon what I'm doing. kiss her when they went to the concert for the first time. Yeah, Aww. I know what I'm doing when we get off the phone. <laughs> and you better whatever make we're me. on. Oh, of course. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So the reception is going very well, except for then Imsec shows up and arrests Duve, um, which is a problem. Which is very distressing because a it's at Gregor and Lisa's reception. Um, right. Lisa is very upset by this. Because um, they're friends. Yeah. And he's a fellow Kamaran. Right. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Delia is very upset by this. And she's like, Miles, you have to help. Blah, blah, blah. And Miles is like, well, you know, maybe just go with them. Like, that's probably the best thing you can do right now. Go with them and I will figure out what happened. Because they're, Harash is like, we have proof that he did it. Mm-hmm. Um. So Miles goes to Impsec to talk to Harash, and Harash bribes Miles with the Dendari. Um. He's basically like, you know, we have evidence that Duve did this. Um. And Miles doesn't believe it. Miles is like, well, you know, I. I just don't believe he would do that. Doof has worked too hard to throw this away. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, he, you know, he knows everyone distrusts him. Like, he knows what's at stake. And he has, like, this is all he wants is to prove himself and, like, bring Berear and Komar together. Together. Like, he knows what his position means. He knows what's at stake. Yeah. And, right. Yep. And... But Miles also has doubts because, like, there is this evidence. And he's like, how much evidence will I basically ignore or throw aside until I find a suspect that I agree with or that I can live with? Mm -hmm. And, like, that's a really good question to ask because like of course we're like oh my god like miles can't believe that Duve did this but like he's supposed to be an impartial investigator mm-hmm. you know and like yeah like he can go through all of these suspects until he finally finds someone who he says okay yeah they did it you know yep um so he uh basically Harash or Greg Miles realizes that Harash is trying to get him to let Duve be the scapegoat 
And he's like, yeah, um, so I was looking through all of your records, because I can now, as head of IMSEC. <laughs> because that's what I can do. And I'm really impressed with everything that you've done. And, um, like, I think Ilion was too hasty in getting rid of you, and I think you should go back to the Daenerys. I and think they should be all yours, basically. And Miles is like, okay. And then he's like, I have Wait to think about minute. it. So he goes home and he sits in this chair and he's like pacing back and forth and he realizes that Harash just tried to bribe an Imperial Auditor. Yeah. But how can he prove it? Like, you know, and he's like, he's trying to get me to. Like, you know, just throw this all aside and say Doove is responsible, even though I know that he can't be. And, like, he says, you know, oh, we'll we'll make it easy on Doove. Like, he'll do five years and then he'll get out. You know? Yep. Um, you know, no one died for this. You know, no one died because of this. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Miles is just like, I can't. I can't do this. I can't do this to Doove. I will I will know and I just can't. Um and then he starts to th- uh, I have to find the actual passage where where it clicks for him because it's so great. But like it that whole this whole this whole chapter is so much like in his head Mm -hmm. it's like just him thinking and it is such a wonderful chapter yeah it's a really good the the whole anytime we're in miles's head i i think it's a really good chapter yeah like it is the way she goes through all of his thinking Mm -hmm. yeah um he's very smart yeah um Okay, so, okay, yeah, so he's like, um, so it's like, he's like, he could have Quinn back and Tora for all the precious bit of time she had left, except for the small, sly, demonic whisper at the back of his brain. There's just one hitch. And he realized, Harash wants me to sacrifice Galeni. And, like, this goes on for several pages of him just going back and forth over what what he can do when he's like, oh god, this isn't just a job offer. This is a bribe. Yep. Lucas Harash had just tried to bribe an Imperial Auditor. Tried or succeeded? We'll get back to that. And what a bribe. What a sweet bribe. Could Miles even prove it was a bribe and not sincere admiration? I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Lucas Harash, you subtle son of a bitch. I underestimated <laughs> you from day one. So much for, for so much for vaunted by Miles' vaunted character judgment. And this goes on, and he's like, um, uh, he's like, his passion was his imsec service, like Ilion himself, like Miles too. The work he had taken over from Ilion. Miles's breath stopped. For a moment, he felt as frozen as any cryo corpse. No. The work had Harash had taken away from Ilion. From Ilion. Oh. 
Miles bent double in his chair and began to sweat softly and horribly. He was dizzy with fury and shame, but mostly with fury. I'm blind, blind, blind. Motive. What's an elephant got to do around here to advance and be recognized? <laughs> it was Harash. Harash all, all the time. Had to be. Harash who'd blown out Ilion's brains in order to seal his job. And like, that was the whole thing while this investigation is going on. Trying to find out, like... Um, who Harash, and why? Yeah, Harash was saying, if we find out who, we'll find out why. And Miles is yep. like, no, if we find out why, we'll why? find, we'll out, find who, out who. And so he has this horrible, this this horrifying revelation. And he's like, how? I know that he did this, but how can I prove it? Prove it. Yep. So he goes on and he's like, uh, he's like, like making a noise, and like it's like Miles is like, "Are you all right?" In it's Cordelia, and she's like, "Miles, are you all right you in okay? there?" And they're like, "You're not having one of your seizures, are you?" And he's like, "No, I I'm all right." <laughs> oh yeah, he has a seizure in his car um, when he's going back from the uh, Imperial residence after Dove is arrested, and Martin's like, "Oh my God, what's wrong with you?" Um, and like. I, is this before I, – I, I, you've read this more recently than I have because yeah. I've just read through these all once. Mm -hmm. Is this before the doctors figure out how to help him with his um, seizures? So he's been going to the doctors. Um, he finally makes an appointment um, with them and, like, they have figured out what's wrong, but they can't do the surgery. He, he puts off the surgery because of all this that's going on. He doesn't have time. But right. But they, right. they figure out, like – they um they figure it's the out same what's doctor. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. it's a different doctor. Oh. I think yeah, it's a different doctor. But they figure out what's wrong. They figure out why he's having the seizures. They can't they can't treat it. Like they can't make it go away, but they figure out there's how to how to trigger them. Yep. And it's like these like a build up of something in his brain that gets too high and so he has seizures to sort of Regulate. Some sort of neurotransmitter. Yeah, neural, I don't, no, yeah neural transmitters. I and, don't know that they, uh, there are lots of them and they, yes. she never explains which one. <laughs> right. So don't basically. Don't look too deeply into the brain chemistry. Yeah. So basically his, his cryo freeze and revival like messed up the, messed up his brain and like it creates too many of them and they get too built up and then he basically has, has a seizure and like this part of his brain shuts off in order to get them back into balance. Right. So they figure out a, how to measure how many are in his brain and then how to trigger a seizure. Right. Um, so they can put this chip in his brain and like, he can like test it every night. And if he's too high, he can trigger a seizure and it'll make the seizures be less violent um, the recovery. And he can do it in a controlled way yes. rather than just randomly having them yeah. wherever. He'll have a spotter. Yeah. He can use a mouth guard so he won't like yep. bite his tongue. Um, yep. He can be lying on the floor so he won't hurt himself. And like, and so he can drive again. He can like use a light flyer. He just has to make sure he does this on a regular basis so he doesn't hot. And, and like the recovery from the seizures is easier um, because they're not as violent. So, um, but, you know, at the time, it's like, well, do, do I really want to have a, a, a chip put in my brain while all this is going on? And he doesn't really have time. So he, he puts it off until, like, the very end. 
But like, but he knows at this point, like, what's wrong. Right. Okay. So, so he's like, so they're like, um, uh, so, so they're like checking up on him. He's like, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm fine. And he thinks, Lucas Harash, I believe I hate you. And he's like, <laughs> and, um, it says, Admiral Harash, or Harash, had Admiral Naismith figured figured all right, forward to back, Naismith would cry yes and try to weasel out of the deal after. But Harash didn't know Lord Verkozigan. How could he? Ma- practically no one did, not even Miles. I've just met the man myself. He'd known a boy by that name long ago, confused and passionate and army mad. Properly, that boy had been left behind by Admiral Naismith, striking out for his larger identity, his wider world. But this new Lord Verkozigan was someone all else altogether, and Miles scarcely dared guess his future. Um, and he uh, goes on, he says, Who are you, boy? Who are you who asks? On the thought, a blessed silence came, and empty clarity. He took it at first for utter desolation, but desolation was a kind of freefall, perpetual and without ground below. This was stillness, balance, solid, weirdly serene, no momentum to it at all, forward or backwards or sideways. I am who I choose to be. I always have been what I chose, though not always what I pleased. His mother had often said, when you choose an action, you choose the consequences of that action. She had em- emphasized the corollary of this axiom even more vehemently. When you desired a consequence, you had damned well better take the action that would create it. He lay drained of tension, not moving, and content to be so. The oddly stretched moment was like a bite of eternity, eaten on the run. How does she write like this? <laughs> How do you come up with that sentence? The oddly stretched moment was like a bite of eternity, eaten on the run. How do you come up with that? I mean, I, I, I don't know the answer to that it's question. so good. And then he's like, I elect to be myself. Harash dwindled, a tiny figure in the distance. Miles hadn't realized he could make his adversary shrink like that, and it astonished him. Uh, it's so good. <laughs> it is really good. This whole chapter is just, like, brilliant. And then he's thinking, like, how do I, what do I do? I have to figure out what to do to save Doove because he knows how Imsec works. He knows that, like, something might happen to Dove while he's in jail, and it might be like, oh, it was a suicide, but it wouldn't be, you know? Right. And he's like, as soon as Harash knew Miles knew, it would be a race. Ag- or, um, So he's like, he can't let Harash figure out that he knows, is you know, what's going on. It's like, as soon as Harash knew Miles knew, it would be a race against time. All Miles had was a trail of mirrors and smoke. Smoke. Air filters. Miles' eyes widened. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> he, so this whole chapter is him just sitting in his little room, or I don't even know if it's his room or the attic or whatever, but he's doing nothing. He's just thinking, and he figures out what what exactly it was that somehow um harash used the air filters to let out the prokaryote and basically poison Ilion's right, because chip. it wouldn't affect anybody else no 
No. It's only going to affect the chip. Yes. Um, so, so they they go crawling through air vents. Yeah. So it's, the next chapter starts a scant hour before Insect HQ quitting time, at least for those men there so fortunate as to work the day shift. Miles marshaled his little troop at the side door for what he mentally dubbed the assault on Cockroach Central. <laughs> <laughs> so they basically all go in there. Miles sends Delia to stay in the, um, in the jail, in the cell with Duve. And he's like, do not leave. Do not let him be alone. Yeah. They go and they have, the doctor has come up with this sort of like mist that will say whether, like it'll, it'll turn a color if the prokaryote is like there. Like Mm -hmm. if there are traces of the prokaryote. It's like that. It's it's like luminol. Yeah. Like you spray it on blood and there it is. Yeah. So they test it. It works. So they go through, like, and they're going to, like, Miles pretends they're going to test every single air vent. Um, so they go to Galeni's, um, or they, I, I can't remember where, where they go first. I think, so they go to the different offices, they test them, and then they go to Ilion's office. Where Hara- or Harash's office, and tell he tells them what they're go- what they're doing, and he's like, "Oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna go over here for a little bit." And Miles is like, "Wait!" And they count down, and then they walk into Duve Galeni's office, and Lucas Harash is on the ground near the air filter. Making the trace of the prokaryote so that when they go in there, they will find it. And he is caught red-handed. And it's so wonderful. Or purple-handed or whatever color the the dye turns out. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So, uh, and like, so they go in, um... Hold on. Um, yeah, so they go to Galeni's office, and they, um, you know, they they test it there, and there was nothing there. Um, so they go into they go into Ilion's office, and like Harash is like, "What's going on?" And he's like, air filters. You didn't think of the air filters. You've never been on space duty, have you, Lucas? <laughs> <laughs> um, which is like Lucas, like Harash thinking like, oh, well, he he figured out what happened, but not what I did. Um, so they don't find anything in that office. Um, and so they don't tell... Um, they don't tell them that they already tested Galeni's office. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Wait, he says, they're like, oh, have you tried Captain Galeni's office? And he's like, first place we looked, it's clear. And he's like, perhaps one of the briefing rooms. And then, uh, Ivan goes, you should, like, go with the places Ilion went most. So they, like, they're like, then Harash goes away. And they're like, all right, gentlemen, if you will follow me one more time, quietly, please. Um, 
And he's like, oh, my lord auditor, how fortunate. Harash just sent me to find you. Where did he tell you to look for me? He said you'd gone down to the evidence rooms. You've just saved me some steps. Oh, yes. Tell me, was Harash carrying anything? A flimsy folder. Do you want it? <laughs> and he's just like, they, um, so it's the, uh, so yeah, they basically are, um, I think they find him in Harash's office. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, they are, I'm, I'm trying to think of like, yeah, so they spray around the, the desk, they spray around the air vent and it like glows red. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and he's like, uh, uh but I yeah. what? Yeah, Miles is like General Allegre. Miles sighed. You are now the acting chief of IMSEC, pending Emperor Gregor's approval. I'm sorry to inform you that your first duty is to ar- the arrest of your predecessor, General Harash. Uh, by the by, my order as Imperial Aud- Auditor on the serious charge of, um, on the capital, and then he finally goes on the capital charge of treason. Miles finished. Half the men in the room flinched at that last word. Not treason, Harosh witness hoarsely. Never treason. Um, and then he basically gives the same speech to Harosh about like that he could plead guilt to plead guilty to assault on a superior officer, have a court martial, a year in prison, a simple dishonorable discharge. And it says by the looks on their faces, both Harosh. And Allegra caught the nuances of that speech. Uh, <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, yeah. So the best part of this scene is that Harash is like indignant. And then um, Ilion comes forward. And Harash had basically been avoiding all of his victims. And he hadn't ever gone to see Ilion. Mm-hmm. And and um, it says, uh, hello, Ilion. Or hello, Lucas, Ilion said. His eyes were amazingly cold. <laughs> 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 um, so, yes. Um, uh, my so we find out that Hirosh has done this thing. Yeah. Um, because Miles is brilliant. Yeah. Um, brilliant. maybe, you know, maybe too brilliant for his own good sometimes. Yeah. Um, I just have to read this. I, I'm skimming through that, that scene and I found this one part when, um, they are discussing whether or not they should, um, try to arrange for a suicide with mm-hmm. his jailers. And, Ilion says no. Dying's easy. Ilion's drawn features grew distant. How much did he remember of his agonized pleading to Miles for an easy death so few weeks ago? Living's hard. Let the son of a bitch stand his court-martial. Every last eternal minute of it. Ah, breathe Miles. (laughs) (laughs) So, they realize, like, what happened, but, like, um... They um, don't know why. They still don't know why. So they get Doove out of jail. Um, 
they put Harash in the same cell, and then they just swap them. Yeah, and they like he goes and tells Gregor, and he's like they're they're talking, and he has no idea. Like they still don't know why why Harash did this, and if he will how to get him to confess to it. Um, and Gregor gets an idea, so they go to and basically interrogate Harash. Mm-hmm. But the interrogation basically consists of like Miles, Ivan, Ilion, and Gregor. And they all file in the room, and Gregor comes in the cell, and Harosh just loses it. <laughs> um, and he basically starts babbling. Um, and telling him everything about why he did this. And it's because, you know, um, you know, Greg, uh, Harash realized that Ilion was going to make Miles. He was grooming Miles. Yeah. And he thought that was unfair. And I mean, I mean, he was basically going to have to train not just his replacement, but his boss. Right. Um, which you can understand has to be a horrible, horrible feeling. Um, but like, like it's one thing to feel that way. It's another thing to like do what you do what do he did. Do some like right. It's one thing to be to grumble about it and to talk badly about it and not want to do it. But it's another thing entirely. Yeah. To sabotage your boss in a way that almost kills him. Right. Um that's that's a whole different level. Right. And um this this passage is so great. Um as Ilion entered, Harash's expression grew embarrassed and even more closed, and Miles was suddenly reminded that the root word of mortification meant death. <laughs> Oh, Miles. That's a little melodramatic. But it's so good. Yeah. Only when Emperor Gregor, tall and graved, ducked inside, did Harosh's face escape control. (laughs) Shock and dismay gave way to a flash of open anguish. Because as awful as Harosh is, he was doing this all for Berear, basically. I mean, he is he is a patriot. Yeah. He he did it for the empire, but yeah. he's not an evil person. No. Like he um, just wanted to serve. Right. And he thought this was the best way to do it. Now right. that was obviously misguided. Yes. Um because you shouldn't try to murder people. Right. Um even unintentionally, you shouldn't <laughs> or, and you shouldn't try to like destroy their brain, mm-hmm. I suppose is a better thing. Um. Yeah, so he's misguided, but his service was to the emperor and to the empire. So he yeah. feels very broken about yeah. all that. And he says, "Then I won my promotion to head of domestic affairs, the uh, the arrow case. Do you remember that, sir? This to Ilion. You said my work on it was superb. No, Lucas. Ilion's voice was falsely pleasant. Can't say as I do." Huh. The silence after that threatened to extend itself for a rather long time. <laughs> it's so good, Ilion. Um, so they go back and forth. Harash is explaining how he got this idea and how he he thought of the Comeran 
prokaryote um, right when Verkozigan came out of Ilion's office. And he realizes this is his chance to take over because, you know, the successor that Ilion had wanted is now lost. And also it would be a great scapegoat. And he realizes later that that won't work. So Duve would make a better scapegoat because Duve's Komarin and, you know, he he would know of the prokaryote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I have to... So they go back and forth and, like, question him and, like, they finally, like, Gregor stands up and turns his back to him, which is, like... The worst insult he could have possibly given him. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So this chapter is, I read this chapter the first time, and I think I texted you afterwards, and I was like, Robin, <laughs> I know you haven't gotten that far in the series yet. However, you will love Emperor Gregor. <laughs> I do. I do love Gregor. There I was, love Gregor like, so I, much. I mean, I loved him in the war game, and I loved him, like, just, like... Throughout the I series? I personally don't think we get enough Gregor. No, we don't. We don't. I want a Gregor book. Yes. <sighs> this 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 scene specifically is when I was like, yep, Gregor <laughs> is my favorite character in the whole series. <laughs> like, I really think he is. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's a trust between Cordelia and Gregor, but I think it's Gregor. And this scene is one of those reasons. Because, like, you know, Gregor is just... Like, you see him as sort of a normal guy be- through, mm-hmm. like, Miles and Cordelia. And then he sort of turns into the Emperor. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's that scene in Mirror Dance when Mark goes to meet him for the first time, and he goes, he's like, and my, um, Ivan says, he can be that way when he's playing, em- or when he's when he's being Emperor, and Mark says, being or playing or being and and he's Ivan's like, like uh no ne- being never playing being <laughs> yes um and there's one thing in here um when uh it says gregor had grown so neutral as to seem almost gray so that's what rage looks like on him <laughs> <laughs> miles wondered if harosh realized what gregor's extreme lack of expression meant oh yeah yep so yeah um they they go and they're like yep um oh very deliberately gregor rose and turned his back on him (laughs) yeah (laughs) because you know he's like simon wasn't even hurt and i'm like how could you say that you asshole yeah no i mean when you take out part of somebody's brain Mm mm-hmm that's that 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 is harmful that, yeah that is hurtful it is very harmful <laughs> so um the, the case is all wrapped up um miles makes his report and it's very wonderful it's a great report he goes to give it to gregor and then gregor's He's not lying in his report no and then gregor's like well what are you gonna do now and he's like i don't know and gregor's like well I have a thing. I have a proposal for you. He brings in all of the Imperial auditors and they're like, did you read? They're like, we read this report. It's exceptional. And then (laughs) Gregor's like, I want you to be my eighth Imperial auditor. And Miles is like, "Uh? come again? (laughs) Excuse me? He's like, what? Are you serious? Like, this was supposed to be a temporary thing. And he's like, 
I need people I can trust and I can trust you. And like, when you think of it, this is sort of the perfect job for Miles. Oh, it's, it's, there is no better thing that he could be doing, really. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, once I understood what it was, Miles does not need to be anybody's subordinate. No. Like ever. He's Mm -hmm. the worst at it. I identify strongly (laughs) with this. Um, But he's only subordinate to Gregor in this case. And he's been that way his whole life. He's known that his whole life. Yes. So that's an easy place for him to be. If you tried to stick him under somebody else's command, I mean, mean, technically he was under Ilian's command, but like... Well, and we saw how that worked out. only kind of. (laughs) And we saw how that worked out. Right. He sort of did what he wanted. Yeah. For most of his life. Yeah. Um... So he gets to be in charge of everybody. Yeah. Yes. And that's that's a good place for Miles. Mhm. Yeah. Um so um so he, Miles accepts the position. Um he um Gregor and Lisa have their betrothment ceremony which is hilarious because like Errol shows up at the last second because of a snowstorm. <laughs> Uh, right (laughs) um so this all goes well and then miles goes to um komar with his parents and then he says goodbye to ellie and they they offer ellie the position of um admiral quinn and like she's basically gonna meet with imsec there to to, like sort of transition continue being yeah yeah. And, and and miles tries one last time to make Ellie be Lady Vercoz again. Or not make her, to ask her. Uh, to, uh, right, and yeah. she's like, <laughs> I can't do this. Like, I can't. I can't be Lady Vercoz again. I can't live right. on a planet. And like, I mean, it makes me sad because like, you know, y- you want them to be together. But at the same time, like, I really appreciate like the maturity in which Lo- Lois McMaster Bujol writes this relationship. Because like, mm-hmm. Because it would be so easy to, like, make one of them change their mind. And, like, but Ellie couldn't, Ellie couldn't say yes to his proposal without changing who she was. And, like, Miles has become a different person and can't be Admiral Naismith anymore. Right. Um, and he and never could And she was with be. Admiral Naismith. Yeah. She was never with Lord Vorkos again. And, and he knows that he never could be Admiral Naismith. Mm-hmm. So, like, they love each other but love is not enough in this case. Nope. And they're both mature enough to realize that. And, like, he's mature enough to, like, want her to go and be Admiral Quinn. Um, be her whole self. Yes. And he needs to be his whole self. Yes. And so they make love one last time. And it's really sad because they, like, both realize they're trying to, like, convince the other, like, mm-hmm. to stay. Um, and. But, like, you know, it's it's nice to see a relationship end, um, but still in a way where they think in back a, fondly of their relationship. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Rather they, than a really acrimonious Yeah, and it could have parting. been. It could have been mm-hmm. so acrimonious considering, like, 
how he left. And basically, he gave her no updates while he was on Bereard. She has every mm-hmm. right to hate him, especially after she finds out he was sleeping with Tara. But like, right. but like, you know, it just goes to say how mature she is and like that they really did love each other. But mm-hmm. they both know they can't be together. And it makes me really want Miles to find his Lady Rakos again. and Which he does very guess soon. Guess what he does. Um, and it makes me want a book about Ellie with the Dendari. <laughs> that too. We need a Gregor book and an Ellie with the Dendari. Yeah. I mean, Ellie is in Ethan of Athos, but like, I want a book of her as Admiral Quinn. You know? Yes. Yeah. So that's memory. It's a really long book, Yay. and we talked about it for a really long time. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> I said I knew we would. I knew yeah. we would. This we is, war- we pre-warned Brian. This is why we're going to split a civil campaign into two books. I don't think into we're going to two episodes. Yeah, I don't. Th- yeah, two episodes. I don't think we're going to talk about Komar as long because we both can't. <laughs> nope. I do not need that much. Uh, TN versus pondering manipulative narcissist relationships. Like, I don't need to do that for very long. Right. Um, so yeah, um, basically the world building in this book is that we introduce the position of Imperial Auditor, um, and Miles becomes Imperial Auditor. We meet and the key person of Professor Vorthus. Yeah, we very briefly meet him, or he's mentioned, and then he be he is a major character in the next book, Komar. Um, yep. and is related to Ekaterin Vrasoissant, who uh is very important in Miles' life. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, and most important of all, Gregor and Lisa get a, get they mar- got married. Uh, they're getting married. Oh, I thought they got married in this book. Is no. that in Komar? No, Gregor and Lisa get married in a civil oh in a civil campaign. Do they? God, why can I not keep all this That's straight? That's the whole Imperial wedding, Robin. Probably because <laughs> I read them all within like two weeks of each other. <laughs> and they've all just squished into one yes. <laughs> big book in my head. Yes. Like this is all one singular so, yes. story. They, they have, have they- their betrothal at the end of this book. It mm. in in um uh, and then we don't Winterfair. see them much in Komar. No, because they're off planet. Miles right. is on Komar, so right. they they get betro- they have their betrothal at Winterfair, and then they get married at Midsummer. Right. So they have like six months. So um, that seems like an awfully long time. Like, I mean, we plan weddings a year to two years right. out, but like, if you're the emperor. Why would you wait that long? Because Lady Alice. (laughs) That's why. (laughs) Also, she didn't want to have a wedding in Winterfair, which is fair, considering what happens with the snowstorm. (laughs) I don't know. I think um, Miles has a lovely Winterfair wedding. Yes, but that comes later. (laughs) Yes, it does. (laughs) Also, Ileon is out. General Legre is now the head of Imsec. Um, I ended up really liking Allegre. I love his name. <laughs> Guy Allegre. Guy Allegre. Yep. It's great. Yep. It's so good. It's best better than Lucas Harash. Oh, yeah. Also, no, Simon was- is now a civilian and he's hooking up with Lady Alice. He's got a flat near her building. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Also, like, not in her building because he didn't want her to, like, be in the line of fire if anyone tries to, like, attack him. 
<laughs> it's kind of sweet. You know, always thinking. Yeah. Ilian's always thinking. Yeah. Anything else we want to talk about this book? <laughs> it's, yeah. I don't think so. It's I mean, so the good. only thing that I can even think of that we didn't cover was I think I sent you a text um, about that I was like, I don't like Hiroche. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, really early on. Yep. And I was um, like, not um, answering that. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> and I was like, I don't like it. Something's yeah. fishy. I don't like it. Yeah. I didn't know what had happened. Right. Straight off the bat, I was like, I don't she like does a dude. really good job with throwing you off the case for him because you hate him right away, but then mm-hmm. like he sort of gets better, and you're like, oh, did you misjudge oh, him? Maybe it wasn't. But that's kind know. of exactly what Miles is going through, which is why this book is so good. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you for joining us for memory. We talked for, um, can I fig- see how? Two hours? Two hours? Oh, crap. Two hours and 24 minutes. <laughs> well, oh, wow. That's what we the may recording have to edit is. some of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> Welcome to everyone. I mean, thank you, anybody that stuck out this two and a half hour podcast. <laughs> yes, right? We appreciate you. We very much do. Yep. Um, so thank you all for joining us for episode eight of the Vercozy Cast. Join us next month as Miles finally meets the love of his life. And of course, she just so happens She's to just... be married to another man. I mean, why wouldn't she be? Because Miles can't do anything easy. Easy. Never. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. never. Nope. Bye. Bye. The Vercozy Cast is a Tashi Station podcast brought to you by you, our Patreon subscribers. Visit patreon.com slash TashiStation for more details. And we thank you all for supporting the show. Follow us on Twitter with the handles at NancyPants, at R underscore A underscore Smith, and at Tashi underscore Station. Subscribe to the show on iTunes via the Tashi Station Master Feed or the Tashi Station Book Club Feed. And don't forget to leave us a review. Forward momentum!